0: You're listening to The Lightwalker's Path with Serena Myers, the podcast that sparks real, raw, honest conversations about what it actually means to live a spiritual life. Serena is a sacred soul mentor who guides people to tap into their heart's truth so they can live their lives with purpose on purpose. Welcome to episode 45 of The Lightwalker's Path I'm so glad you joined me this week. My name is Serena Myers. I am a Sacred Soul Mentor based on the West Coast of Canada, and I like to come on each week and sort of just share my thoughts and feelings about um, different aspects of what it actually means to live a spiritual life. So no uh, love and lighting things away, no spiritual bypassing. This is the full meal deal. And that is what we're going to talk about today, because last week was a bit of a heavy one. And this week, we're on the same vein, I'm afraid. So I really hope that you can just like buckle up and stay with me here because we are really in this time where we are being called to look at this stuff. We're being asked to get uncomfortable where we have to... Really show up for ourselves, for our brothers and sisters, for the entire fucking world, if I'm entirely honest. And so this isn't the time to shy away from uncomfortable conversations. It's how can we use them to learn to grow to be better human beings. So this week we are going to be looking at uh, our responsibility as a light worker. Now, it's funny because the name of this podcast is The Walker's Path, and I really struggled with what to call it, actually, and I didn't want it to be specifically just about people who identify as lightworkers, and I'm going to tell you why in just a second. I really wanted it to be about the people who are digging in and doing the work, who are actually walking the path, because there seems to be this, um, this gentleness around people who identify as lightworkers. People who um, they're sensitive, they're often um, empaths or they might identify as HSPs, highly sensitive people. But they are these tender-hearted people who want to show up for the world, who want to contribute to humanity and to the healing of the planet. And that tends to be a really, really broad umbrella because there are a lot of sensitive people who fall under that umbrella who are not actually comfortable with the darkness who actively avoid their own shadow work and they really have this approach that if they just stay high vibe enough if they just you know love and light their way through life that that is going to be enough and I really didn't feel that this was a podcast for them which sounds kind of harsh but I don't think that that's the people that I can help if I'm entirely honest because my approach to this is that we need to show up we need to take responsibility of our own energy of what we're taking in and what we're putting out into the world where yes we are doing the work and learning and growing and it doesn't mean that we're perfect and it doesn't mean we're going to get it right all the time but that we are actively trying and that isn't all people who identify as light workers which is why i wanted it to be the light walker someone who is actually actively walking the path now a few years ago one of my teachers released a book, his name's Kyle Gray, and he released a book called Light Warrior. And in it, he kind of makes this distinction of the light worker and the light warrior. And to him, someone who can feel and hear the call that I described before, that's a light worker. But a light warrior is who backs that with action. And while I personally have benefited a lot from his teachings, I actually disagree. I think that they're one in the same. I don't really know what the middle ground would be for someone who just like feels it and then just tries to pray it all away. I don't really know what to qualify or or quantify that or label it. But I feel like the idea of someone being a light worker, that there is an element of action there and it's asking a lot more of us than to just set intentions or put together an altar or pray it all away. Real change doesn't happen from kumbayaing on your meditation pillow. Real change happens when we show up, when we do the work, when we do a whole bunch of other things, which I'm actually going to talk about in terms of what our responsibility is. And we need to be willing to do that, or frankly, we need to hand over our honor badge of being a light worker because just love and lighting is not enough or to put it in the terms that you maybe people have used when there's like a tragedy that happens and we post about it on social media. It's not just thoughts and prayers. That's not enough anymore. And what we noticed after COVID, and certainly with all the anti-racism work that's happening around the world, but predominantly in the US right now, is that the structures that we had been living in, the, these things that we'd come to rely on, and that we'd actually built as like our truths, in terms of what it meant and what the rules of engagement were as a society, all of that is crumbling down. We had been in these patterns for a long time because we had a few isolated voices that were visionary enough to dream up a future that looked differently. But the rest of us sat around saying, well, this is the way it's always been. So maybe someday big drastic change X could happen. But, you know, that's just not the reality we live in. And we stayed comfortable and we stayed complacent and we did that for a really long time because it was easier than challenging the status quo. But when we had COVID in particular, where the entire world had to time out, how everybody had to stop and take a break, where we had to change how we did business, how we interacted with each other, how we had to learn to actually just sit around and be with ourselves, which was super uncomfortable for some and super confronting for others. Suddenly, those systems and those structures that said this is the way it's always been, so this is the way we must always do it, weren't there anymore. And that really opened the door for possibility. And there's a lot of people who are freaked out about that. They are uncomfortable with what that possibility looks like. They like certainty, they like predictability, they like the same old, same old, particularly people who benefited from the same old, same old because it was working in their favor. But what I would like to do is invite you to just imagine what it could be like, how you could show up differently, maybe in the way that you'd always thought you'd like to, but you didn't really know that you could because now that the slate has been wiped clean, why can't you reimagine yourself? Why can't you commit to new ways of showing up? There is nothing but openness and possibility in front of you if the heart is willing. One of the commitments that I made to you was that when I started this podcast that I would always tell the truth that it would never be a sugar-coated version of reality of what it means to live a spiritual life because honestly people aspire to this idea of being spiritual but they don't actually recognize until they start to really dig in and do it what they're committing to or what that even means. So for some people when they hear that I'm spiritual and then they hear me dropping F-bombs or they know that I still eat fish or um, that I'm not, you know, dressed all in white and doing the kundalini thing or that I don't even do yoga at all for the most part, you know, they start to, it challenges. It starts to make them wonder like, wait a minute, what does this actually mean to be spiritual? And I can tell you what it means for me, but it's not going to be uh, the same for everybody. And I really do invite you to um, sit with that question, even take it to your journal and ask, like, what does being spiritual mean to me? So for me, being spiritual is that I am guided by truth. So I tune in and honor what um, my heart is experiencing. I ask my guides for support, and I have cultivated a relationship with them so that I can really trust in the advice that they bring forward to me. It means that when I am presented with something that makes me uncomfortable in whatever way that is, so sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's emotional uh, or energetic, uh, where I ask myself if I'm experiencing resistance to growth or whether something is genuinely not for me, so it's a bit of an intuitive check-in on the regular, where it is using my voice for good. Whether that's my actual speaking physical voice, like I'm doing right now, recording this episode for you, or whether it's my blog where I'm sharing information there, or whether whether it's conversations with friends and family, but that I am doing my best to contribute in every facet of my life, uh, not just I mean, I'm not talking about you know having a soapbox in a plaza where I'm preaching. I'm just saying that like I share and I contribute in whatever way that I can, and. Ultimately, that um, I am living a life that is congruent with my beliefs so that there isn't that feeling of double life within me. There isn't um, any kind of feeling of shame or parts that have to be tucked away or that I'm afraid of, that I'm facing things head on and heart open and that I'm learning and growing from them as a result. That is what my spiritual path looks like. And yours is going to be a little bit different. But you can see when we start to talk about conversations like the anti-racism discussion that is happening right now. And which is frankly, you know, an anti-white supremacy conversation. But that term, I mean, even I'm uncomfortable saying it. It's, I'm somebody who runs towards things and I still feel myself flinched to say white supremacy, but that is what we're talking about. And much like the shame work that Brene Brown talks about in her research and in her books, if we can't see something, if we can't say its name out loud, it holds all of this power over us. And so while well, I feel that the majority of my work is around normalizing spirituality and allowing us to you know, consider that these conversations where we get uncomfortable, but we grow as a result, if that becomes the new status quo, I feel like that applies really beautifully to anti-racism work as well. And when I'm talking about in this episode about our responsibilities, about doing this work, it doesn't necessarily mean just for whatever is the hot topic at the moment, but that we're using these things as our guiding principles in our everyday life. So, I talked before about using your voice. So, what does that look like for you? For the majority of us, we're not actually actively building up like a social media following because we're not running a business or whatever. For the average Joe and Jane on the street, Using your voice has to do with having conversations. It's being an example. It is walking your truth. It's um, being able to have the uncomfortable conversations when you have friends or family members who have some outdated beliefs or some toxic or harmful thinking and not trying to convince anyone, but not just accepting it with an eye roll or or silence. It's really putting your voice to work for you. And for the greater good. There's also an element of being able to think beyond yourself. So, something that I saw a lot going on with COVID, and certainly with this work that's happening right now um, around the discussions around white supremacy, is that people are so focused and narrow minded on their worldview that they're not even able to see how things could apply in a bigger way. So, if they haven't personally experienced something, then they just believe that it's not true and that it's like, conspiracy that's being spread by the media but when we can think outside of ourselves and out of our immediate circles and I'm going to talk more about widening our, our worldview a little bit in a second but when we have the ability to have that kind of bird's eye approach to how we view life in the world we start to be able to see that there is so much more going on and one of the most beautiful things that lightworkers have going for them is their big generous empathic hearts And so when we can consider that there is so much more going on beyond our immediate backyard, our empathy switch is already turned on. We are able to show up with so much love and so much compassion. And it's really big and important work that needs to happen right now, particularly as everything is really hard and really challenging. So I mentioned I was going to talk more about broadening our worldview. When we had Blackout Tuesday, I had this realization that, holy shit, is my Instagram feed ever white? And it wasn't that it was all white, um, but it was very, very predominantly white. And I noticed because as I was scrolling through, I was mostly seeing black squares of content. I wasn't seeing other stories. So I started a post in my Facebook community and I asked, who are the black people that inspire you? Who do you really love to follow, particularly on Instagram? Who's telling stuff that just like gets you super jazzed? And if you head over to my blog, I actually created a post that has all the accounts that people mentioned. But I started following all these new accounts and just... I mean, I considered myself to be fairly worldly um, because I have friends all over the world from all like from basically every walk of life. But when you're hearing um, so many new voices that have such a different experience of the world than you do, it really broadens what you believed and knew to be true. Even if you consider yourself to be like a pretty global person, it was mind blowing to me. And it inspired me too, because there's like, if we can't see things, we can't change things. And so we have to open up our minds to hear other voices that we're not used to hearing. Otherwise, it's going to be the same old, same old. We create these self-fulfilling prophecies within ourselves. I noticed this also with politics. Whenever we had um, an election in Canada, I always noticed my feed is like very, very left leaning. And... I like I'm le- I'm left leaning too but I really wanted to I really wanted to find someone who was right leaning who could make like it sounds so horrible but just like a rational argument for why they would vote conservatively and I couldn't find any in my in my social circles or at least no one who was willing to admit it because they weren't using their voice and I just didn't want to find myself in a position of voting the same way all the time because I had drunk the Kool-Aid and I was just kind of going along with what I'd always done. I wanted to have someone to discuss and debate with so that I could challenge my own worldviews and we need to do that every so often. If only to reassure ourselves that our belief systems are right and aligned with what we know to be true, but just that we're not taking it for granted and we're not just going based on assumption. And I think we do that because... Life is busy and we've got other things to think about. And if it's one less thing that you can take off your plate, then why wouldn't you? But that's where we get stuck in spaces of complacency. And that's when evil happens in the world because we allow the same old same world to take place. So every so often we need to put ourselves in the position where we do a little bit of a gut check and we broaden what we immediately know to be the scope of reality so that we can see what else is happening out there. Sharing your platform is really big. So when you're doing this work, and you are exploring aspects of yourself that maybe were a little bit uncomfortable, and you are learning, then share the stuff that you are learning and the people that you are learning it from, particularly if they're people who are different than you are. What I notice is that we get a bit protective of our teachers and of the people we do business with. We like the exclusivity, we like that they're our own personal best kept secret. But the thing is, is that these people have a message and a mission. And I actually include myself in this, to be honest, because a lot of people keep me as their like, psychic in their pocket, and they don't share my work with the world either, because they're worried I'm going to get too busy, that I won't be available for them. And that's not true. You just show up differently is the catch. But anyway, my point being that people need to have their message shared. And if you are learning and growing from something, whether it's a book you read or an article or a YouTube video or whatever you have consumed where you are forever changed because of it, share that with the world. Share that with your people. Start a book club. Start um, just sharing within your immediate circle of friends, particularly if you guys are dismantling one particular thing together. Share your teachers. Because we can do so much more good sometimes by staying quiet and sharing the words of other people that have really helped us than we can of trying to like awkwardly get it out there ourselves especially if it's something that we're not used to doing oh yes okay so the next note that I have here is be willing to go within and this is sometimes in our child work this is sometimes shadow work this is having this almost out-of-body experience because while you are carrying yourself in the world, you are experiencing the world through your filter, which is everything from your past life stuff to your ancestral stuff to your immediate uh, social upbringing in your family and the stuff that you expose yourself to, which, you know, I kind of covered in the expand your worldview. And All of this is happening and coming through from this outside filter, but inside there is most of the wealth of this knowledge. Now that probably sounds a bit confusing because the stuff that we have that is our filter most of the time is not conscious. It's all happening within us. So on the outside, we're having these experiences of how we showed up in a particular situation or how we felt as a result of a particular action. But we haven't actually done the work on the inside to say, oh, it's interesting. Why did I show up that way? Why did that matter so much? Why do I feel like that? And it's not easy and it's not comfortable work. And this is where I say to you, I'm always going to tell you the truth. The things that I have explored in myself over the last 10 years have been sometimes shameful. They're hard to look at. But When I'm talking about showing up as my whole self, with my heart at the front, and where my actions and my truth are fully aligned, you can't do that if there's a part of you that is shamefully tucked away. And a lot of times, it's not even that we're consciously trying to hide from our programming. It's just that we haven't been taught, we haven't been given the skills to be able to dig into it. But there is this treasure trove within you. And when you can see those things and if you're willing to get uncomfortable, if you're willing to make the, the changes, and sometimes it's a result of being called out or something that's kind of shame inducing like that. But if you cannot be defensive, if you can say, I'm going to think about this and you actually take the time to think about it, what is on the other side of that can be so beautiful and so rich and you're going to get to know yourself with more depth and more more acceptance, because you're not just loving the Instagram worthy picture perfect parts of yourself, you are loving and accepting all of you. And you can't do that unless you're willing to dig in. And when we're looking at, you know, these kind of big topics of social change, like the anti-racism movement that's happening right now, you need to find different ways that you can show up. Because remember, I said light work is an active thing. It's not It's not passive. Uh, a few months ago, I did an interview with George Lizos, and he said, you know, it's light work. It's not like chilling. <laughs> so with that in mind, find the roots of using your voice and speaking up and being an activist that are aligned to you. And for some people, it is showing up at a protest. For other people, it's writing checks and donating to different charities and campaigns that are going to support the people who are on the front lines. For some people, it's calling politicians and writing letters and gathering signatures for petitions. There are so many different forms and it's not all loud and it's not all flashy, but the point is that you find the thing that works for you. And while praying and while setting intentions and running ceremonies and meditating for a particular cause and a positive outcome is beautiful and i really wanted like bold underline italics highlight that it's just not enough and so your responsibility as a light worker in doing your own work is to then take that and show up in a bigger way it doesn't have to necessarily be a big flashy loud way it doesn't have to get you arrested but it has to be something Because so long as we are all just sitting around, praying away, hoping someone else is going to take the steps that are necessary for the change to actually happen, we are riding the coattails of actual light work instead of doing it, instead of being of service. And I'm saying it as bluntly as that, but as gently as I can while still being honest, because I know that there is a part of you that feels this call. And I know that any of the resistance that you have to showing up is in not knowing what to do or being worried about doing it wrong. I know that your heart is good. And I'm just asking you to also back that with some action. So that's this week's episode. If you are looking for your community of people who are doing this, who are digging into their heart's truth, who are living their lives with more purpose, who are showing up for themselves and for humanity, then uh, you're in luck because I have a Facebook community called Lightwalkers Path, same name as this podcast. And I would absolutely love it if you joined us there to um, talk about your journey, to share about what it's like to live a spiritual life in your shoes. We would absolutely love to hear your story. Okay, sending you lots and love as always. We will see you next time, uh, next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. I'll talk to you then.